This week on Transmissions from the Dark Side. A doll. A woman. And the moment we've been waiting for. Enter if you dare. Transmissions from the Dark Side, where we're watching every episode of seminal horror 70s. We, Matt, I gotta stop you right there. We watched every episode. Oh, you're saying something else. All right. Correct. I thought you were saying we were watching every episode of seminal <clears throat> 80s horror anthology, Tales from the Dark Side, and Monsters. But I was going to say, nay, Matt, we have watched every episode of Tales from the Dark Side and Monsters and have moved on to anthology horror movies. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So, so you I like your summary, Jen. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Great summary of what we're doing. Thanks. <laughs> Somebody... If this is your first time listening, <laughs> what do we do? What do we do around these parts? Uh, what we do around these parts is watch anthology horror, and tonight is no exception. We have been watching the film Trilogy of Terror, uh, directed by Dan Curtis. Each week we have been going through one story and we finally got to the meaty goodness that we've been waiting for story three amelia that is correct it is customary around these parts that we do guess what the episode is about based on title alone today's episode was called amelia um who would like we call it the dark side guess who would like to guess first matt has his hand up i'll go okay Amelia was a housekeeper for the ore baron, Walter Farnsworth. After receiving her directions to take out the trash, Mr. Farnsworth was about to find out exactly how Amelia felt about her last bonus, or lack thereof. Ooh. Ooh. Here's mine. Amelia. Who is she? What is she? Is she a person? Is she a raft? Is she like a bucket you put things in? What about a librarian? I don't know. Let's watch it. Not to be outdone, Jen. <laughs> oh, jeez. Amelia, newsflash, who's the queen of the sky? Why, <laughs> why, it's our very own Amelia Earhart. But what if she's a werewolf? <laughs> I got more. Oh, God. Find out when wind meets fang in this barked out fever dream. As much as I loved this segment, I want to watch that. I'm sorry. Ah! Jen, Jen, I did wine come out your nose. There may or may not have been a spit take involved there, so <laughs> clever girl. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. we'll never see what happens when wind meets fang. When wind meets fang. <laughs> so, Jen, hit us up with the, the, a modicum of sweet deets because you told uh, us almost. I got, I got almost no sweet deets here, and by almost, I mean none. This episode is just a Karen. This, this story, anyway, is a Karen Black tour de force, and she mm-hmm. fucking crushes it. This whole she does. She episode does a really good job. Is just is just her being afraid and just mm-hmm. her having, you know, some um, 
a, a bit of haunted exposition dump. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of her on the phone, but it's just her being being terrorized. And it all hinges on her performance, and she fucking crushes it. So, yeah, absolutely. do we know who did the special effects here? Because although, uh, you know, antiquated in terms of, like, CGI and things like that, watching this today, I didn't feel like it was like hokey it it, yeah. it, is, it it is comical at times but i think that's how they got it on tv I, but it, it fucking, is like it this plays. perfect it it fucking yeah. plays and it's this perfect ble- like even the fa- it was less like funny because it was cheesy and more like giggling delighted how <laughs> just just that it was happening it just made me so happy to watch um, let's see who did a special effects, uh, by, uh, Richard Albain did the special effects and Eric Von Bulow was the puppet master. So I assumed, uh, I assumed that the, uh, Zuni fetish doll was all him. Um, I died at age 80, uh, mm-hmm. Czechoslovakian. Uh, and has very few credits. Uh, he was only the um, the puppet master for Trilogy of Terror, and then he was the miniature designer for Empire of the Ants and the Food of the Gods. So, no way. Yeah, I don't know Food of the Gods. Uh, it was an H.G. Wells story that they made into <laughs> a movie with so many miniatures. The Food of the Gods uh, makes anything that eats it get really big. So there's okay. a bunch of huge wasps and rats, or sorry, mice, uh, that attack the cabin they're in. Um, it is. It was have, made in a different made in a different time, guys. <laughs> I have such a love for miniatures and for um, uh, model work and stuff like that. You know, I think it started. Oh, so you love with... Thunderbirds? Is that is that what we're is that what we're I... hearing? It's amazing. Yeah, I would fucking watch. Yeah, I've watched Thunderbirds. It's great. Anything that like, I don't know, there's something about it that transports you to, I I don't know, for some reason, as cheesy as it is, it's easier for me to suspend reality when it's something like this or when it's this puppet, because you're just going into this completely different universe that is created by by the artist, whether it's the, the matte paintings in Star Wars, that, or... helps, that helps me understand it because it isn't like CGI in general is trying to pretend that what is happening is happening in the reality of which we right. yeah. live. Whereas when you take a leap into super marionettes or or hyper realistic puppets, it's like you're on the journey, like. The intention yeah. is to take you to this place where this thing could exist. A hundred percent. And like from, you know, the Zuni fetish doll to uh, Coraline or Fantastic Mr. Fox or something like that, you know, creating just the just knowing, knowing that all of this work and effort has gone into creating like painstakingly creating this work and also suspending disbelief at the same time is just so magical to me. It's just, it's fascinating. Do you like macro photography? Uh, I do actually. Yeah. Yeah. I I always thought that macro photography was kind of cool. Yeah. Where they like, they like make tiny little things look like they're, you know, 
huge. For That's aunt does, does a lot of that stuff, stuff actually. Um, Who does? Yeah, uh, Ted's uh, Ted's Ted's aunt Mickey oh, does, no is uh, is a very talented photographer and does a lot of uh, a lot of stuff like that. And it's just yeah, it's always fascinating to me. So they just play with scale and. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, here's something that I don't know if you know or not, but it's it's that man lives in the sunlit world. Oh, of what, of what he, he believes, believes to be, to be reality? reality? Yes. But there is. Unseen by most. An underworld. It's a place that's just as real. But not as brightly lit. Oh, you guys mean like a dark side. It's a dark side. It's a dark side. Yeah. yeah. So the door from the dark side opens wide open. And, uh, ooh, Itty Creek this time. Welcome to a lady, a box, in an apartment building. This setup Panama. is perfect. <laughs> uh, this is certainly the prettiest that Karen Black has looked in any of these. Uh, but she looks, Karen Black looks lovely. Um, and she's bringing in this, this sweet little box that looks like maybe an American Girl doll or something, isn't it? Yep. But it also has the look that it could have been pirate treasure. Yes. <laughs> because, because yeah, it does look old and dusty. It looks musty and dusty. When she finally gets into her apartment and she opens it up, I'm kind of struck by a few things. Number one, yeah, the box itself looks like it's been on a cargo ship uh, that that is powered by wind more than <laughs> diesel. <laughs> Uh, inside of this box, besides the fetish doll itself, is a scroll written in Old English. Yeah, who I, I, who I... caught the who trapped this uh, this spirit in this Zuni fetish doll? Well, I'm imagining that they're an Anglophile. Th I don't know. I'm imagining what they're thinking is that some colonialization was happening. Where uh, this, that's a good point. Where this existed, mm. and that is why they had. Old English scroll uh, uh, in there, but okay. it's, it was like in 2021 felt a little out of place. But I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Yeah. Um, by the way, this new this paper, the scroll looked like real fresh. <laughs> it's a real fresh scroll. Yeah, this was a bit of uh, of an afterthought. They didn't even bother to tea stain this one. Yeah. No, this was like a. <laughs> I just rip some notebook paper up. Uh, yeah, fold it. Guys, come on. <laughs> well, what can you do? Then, then as she sees it. Uh, she says, "Who?" Y she says, "He who kills." And mm -hmm. even your mother wouldn't love you. Yeah, she she does not get off uh, to a good start with this doll. Right. Uh, where she pulls it out and she's just like. Yeah. Like you are, you are ugly, ugo. my friend. Yeah. Like Teeth. this doll is obviously self-conscious. Don't. Teeth don't do are sharp. That. Spear is sharp. Ring, ring. Yeah. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Boy, you're a pain in the ass. What? A <laughs> First, she unpacks the box with the Zuni fetish doll. Then she unpacks a whole box of mama issues. <laughs> Amelia and her mom have problems. Mm-hmm. And the main problem is Amelia's mom. <laughs> Her mom yeah. sucks. Hey, yeah, within the within hey, the first thirty second, your mom sucks. <laughs> within the first thirty seconds, that it's wrote, man, what a battle axe. 
Amelia is, I guess, buying every guilt trip that's ever been sold. Um, oh, I'm. You know what? I would love to do take more guilt trips. This yeah. mom, uh, you don't get to hear. <laughs> oh, it's on my bucket list. Take more guilt trips. Now, in the history, <laughs> in the history of transmissions from the dark side, we have heard so many phone conversations that we even created something called how phone how phone because yes, how people phone. don't know how phones work karen black does this effortlessly she's so good in this i mean she complained that or, or she talks in interviews um after this happened or in you know through the 80s and 90s that maybe this movie was a mistake because this pigeonholed her in this mm. in the horror genre when she was a you know a real actress she was an oscar nominated act- actress and it wasn't really common for people to make that that jump between film and tv as much then as it is as it is now uh because there was no prestige tv but especially with horror you know she kind of leaned into it she did a bunch of horror movies but um but she's so good in it is the problem agreed she's great she knows how this phone works. You never hear even a <laughs> from the other mm-hmm. side of the phone. She is there's a one woman tour de force, and I'm just thinking back to the episodes of Tales that we've watched, where just where it's trying to recapture. I would imagine this. Yeah, and it can't do it. And it didn't do The it. fact that this came so far before any of those Tales episodes yep. is is just shocking. With not, I mean, I feel like this was not an expensive episode to shoot. Even I can't with imagine the, it was that expensive. The puppet was almost coming in like anime style. It's just on a black background. And then someone would throw it at her. Yeah, she... She absolutely carries the whole thing. She gives it an yeah. emotional weight right yeah. here from the jump that you kind of get the feeling like this woman is trying to start a new life. Yes. But mm-hmm. she's having a problem breaking away from the past. She's got this codependent relationship with her mother and, you know, she was able to get out of it without ever having a real come to Jesus or a break from her mother. So it was like she sort of snuck out and is trying to do her own thing while still maintaining this with her Which mother. Which does beg the question, how old do you think Karen, we're supposed to think Karen Black is in this? Because... Late like, 20s, me, early 30s? I was going to say like mid-30s. Yeah, if, like she does not present like youthful energy she pre- no. she presents not like middle age like it's a bad thing but she just presents adult energy yeah you know and that's kind of you the- can carry those issues through your whole life matt you don't <laughs> pardon me <laughs> you can those those relationships with your parents uh oh have you been uh, talking to my therapist <laughs> <laughs> You and me both, buddy. Uh, yeah, so mom is... I I wrote down at the time that mom is manipulative and mom is a codependent motherfucking dick pig. That's harsh. <laughs> That's harsh. You okay, sweetheart? I, I'm okay. Okay. I'm all right. Yeah. But, uh... Also, but there yeah, so... seems to be a smidge of Munchausen syndrome going mm-hmm. on with, like, no, I'm doing okay. I'm not sick. 
Like, yeah, I just am doing something else. I have plans with Ar- Arthur Bresbo. Man, who is a who's a professor at City College. Arthur Bresbo is like feels like the name you would use if you were trying to very slowly come out of the closet to your mother. And it's like, I'm not going to tell her I'm a lesbo yet. I'm going to tell her I'm seeing Arthur Bresbo. (laughs) And just very slowly. (laughs) She's going to find out what it means when wind meets fang. (laughs) 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 Oh, mother. All right. So normally they spend Friday evenings together. Amelia is is telling her she can't see her. She's spending evenings with her gentleman friend. It is her, it is his birthday. It's Arthur Bresbo's birthday. She promised him she'd spend the evening with him. Yeah. And like there's a range of emotions happening where she is yelling but then says I'm not yelling. And then She's great. And then stop it treating fin- me like a child. And then it finally kind of gets to the haunted exposition dump of the conversation. Like we get a lot of their dynamic, a lot of who Amelia is in this moment, but there is next up this haunted exposition dump of like, yes, it is Arthur's birthday and I bought him this because he's an archaeologist. It's one of those Zuni fetish dolls. It's a Zuni fetish doll. He's an anthropologist. Yo, don't, if this gold chain comes off, uh, the doll gets inhabited by a spirit and the spirit him become one. Should clunk, the chain clunk, be clunk. removed, the spirit and doll will become one living. Whatever. What's a what's a fetish doll? Like, did you know what that was before this? No idea. I think it's I think it's supposed to symbolize something. Like I I whenever I hear fetish, I obviously think of something else. But right, that's what I think I think that what it's supposed to be is sim- like a symbol. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, according to villains.fandom.com, which, I mean, is obviously one of the most trusted resources for <laughs> fetish doll information, it says, in the story, which is, of course, our story, Trilogy of Terror, the Zuni fetish doll is an African demon trapped within a small doll resembling, resembling a fearsome tribesman. In reality, the Zuni were Native American. Regardless of this, the demonic doll remains a popular villain to fans of horror. Yeah, so I think it's racist. So it's a little racist. Mixed up. Okay, oh, yeah. Th- it's not a little. <laughs> well, so they didn't. Uh, they just didn't. You didn't. You didn't have to fact check things in. In there was no internet, so this was a yeah. very good. This is a very good white person find something scary in Africa thing. Right. Uh, We're going to take a voodoo doll. We're going to take shamans. We're going to take... We're just going to roll it into a good old-fashioned colonialization stew. And boom, Zuni (laughs) fetish doll. Uh, So her mom hangs up on her. Which is such a dick move. Her mom, like, yeah. she's telling her, but she's like, Mom, you should see this doll. And her mom's like, well, this doesn't interest me at all. This, Are you talking about me? No, <laughs> click. Uh, and we see the chain fall off of yes. the, uh, yes. the Zuni fetish doll. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's probably the most uh, important aspect of the whole story. Now, here's my question. 
prior to going to the act break because once it falls mm-hmm. off, that's the act break. Why did it fall off? Day six, Like I know we don't have yeah. a story unless it unless it falls off, but like this thing basically like ghost shoddy workmanship, man. Yeah, Ghostbusters it itself out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. No good reason. Yep. But it does fall off, and that is an act break. And we'll be back with more transmissions from the dark side after this. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Peter Beatstrap. The devil's son-in-law. Rudy Ray Moore is Petey Weedstraw, starring Leroy and Skillet, Jimmy Funky Crab Lynch, and Wild Man Steve. So that means that that came out like almost immediately after Dolomite. Was Dolomite was Dolomite two after Petey Wheatstraw? It must have been. And that begs that begs the question: Why weren't Leroy and Skillet in Dolomite two? You know, I I don't know the answer to any of those questions. Or if Dolomite two was directly after Dolomite, I've never seen Dolomite two. It I is didn't feel the need to. It's got Ernie Hudson. No shit. So here's the rundown. Yep. It's Dolomite in 75. Human Tornado in 76. Disco uh, okay. Godfather. Nope. Petey Weestraw in 77. Disco Godfather in 79. 
Monkey Hustle, although it's not really his movie, in 76. So. Yeah, that, uh, I think Yafat Kodo was, was in yeah. Monkey Hustle. I saw it once. Uh, it was on Netflix, of all services. Um, he does not get to do his own stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, let me put it this way. Um, it is Rudy Ray Moore being forced to act. Aww. Yeah, no. Rudy Ray Moore. I he don't does. Like he does okay. He does okay. But still, rapping and a tapping is his game. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've gathered. Here's here's my question for you. At, at one point during that trailer, they said the funny is you know funnier than ever. Now. All of these clips of Rudy Ray are of him fighting. I would not consider it purposely a comedy. No. I th- well, so here's the thing is I think it tried to be a comedy and failed so hard that that is actually why it's funny. Okay. Because like there was I've I've talked about this movie um before, I believe. Uh, it was called uh, Nerds of a Feather. And I tried to explain to Matt, because they played it once on USA Up All Night. So, of course, I watched. And I was so awestruck at how bad it was. Where it was trying to be like a naked gun type comedy. Um, where they were like terrible slapstick and, and all that. But also... And I showed this, I finally found a clip and I showed it to Matt where this guy is watching, he is watching like a music video and you, I think you see what he was like, yeah, I'd love to do this. And it's him. And then it cuts to the dog and the dog is like, yeah, me too. And then it's like the dog playing with the band and then the guy gets up. And walks over to the TV and pours water on it, and it shorts out. There it is. That's that sweet magic. 3.4. So it's not a real popular movie. <sighs> that I have... N- I I have no idea how it got 3.4. Filled with the fast-paced thrills of a 007 epic and the suave sophistication of a Pee Wee Herman adventure. Pee Wee Herman adventure. This film takes on the sacred great all-American nerd and puts him where he belongs, on a top-secret spy mission. I can't imagine that Nerds of a Feather had a theatrical release. Well, let's just say this about Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, I love his work. I celebrate his work. Mm -hmm. And we're back. Now she's she's gotten out of the tub or the shower or whatever Mm -hmm. she was doing. Uh, She calls uh, Arthur. And she tells him she has to spend the night with her mother. What is happening here? Does she just want to... Is she not feeling well? Does she just want to blow this guy off? Is she actually going to I call don't her think, mother? So the reason why I don't think that she does is uh, late in the first act, um, she kept saying, like, I will not get a headache. I will not get a headache. I'm going to take, ma- uh, take a bath and I'm going to meet my fella. And we're going to go out on the town or whatever. Like... It seemed like she actually was looking forward to the date, and 
That's why I wasn't quite sure about that cancellation. Well, and I mean, at, at first, it kind of seemed like he was being supportive, right? Where like she was like, well, you know, she's had a hard time since I moved out. And she's like, well, yes, I know that I, I that it was well within my rights to move, you know. Like, it sounded like he was like, well, you didn't make the wrong choice. You did what's right for you. But then I think he hangs up on her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody hangs up on this poor woman. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like she has done this several times. So it's like as soon as she calls yeah. him, he knows what's up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is definitely repeated behavior. So was it her like anxiety? Do you think she was planning on calling her mother? I don't think so. No, because then she puts no. a steak no, in I the oven. So. You know what? She's a classic mm. introvert. She just can't like it's too much. It it yeah. I guess, I guess. it's a lot for her. Like she's yeah. doing the best she can. Well, she's but... a classic flake. I don't know, man. I identified with this a lot. Just blaming somebody else on the reason that you're canceling something and then putting a steak in the oven. This is the life of Jen Hansen. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Wait, is that why you missed my wedding? That's right. <laughs> and that the steak was so good. That steak was delicious. Mm. <laughs> I, I left uh, your wedding to have some of that steak. It was real. I, it was a big steak. Big steak held temp, <laughs> held temp for me to get there. Yeah, no problem. Um, I don't know, man. At this point, e- us describing it isn't going to do it justice. But here's what. Yeah, at this point, it it gets to uh, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Yeah, she can't find the doll. She puts some They're dinner in the crank- oven and she cannot find the doll. Yep, they are cranking up the uh, the intensity here. And they do a fantastic job. Everything mm-hmm. is they earned. Do. It's paced mm-hmm. well. They don't More kick than... in. They don't oh, kick sorry, in the music ahead. until like two to three minutes of it. So it's pretty silent. And then yeah. all of yeah. a sudden the music starts. More than like the the stabbing or the face or anything like that, the thing that I remembered most about this was the sound of the little footsteps. Like the little running. It's so good. It's so fucking creepy. And I did find myself laughing through this, but it was more like like squee, like like with delight. No, I get it. Like, I get it. I uh, like. I enjoy it so much because I mean, it's 1975, right? Like, yeah, it is. It, it, it is a little a little funny because of like the the stylistic touches, like especially the kitchen, like. When they get to the kitchen, that wallpaper the noise is you made, lurid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, we've all seen houses with that wallpaper. Yeah. Um, or at least I have. I can't speak for you. Too. So now uh, it just starts stalking her around around the house. She, uh, you know, she locks herself in uh, in her room. You see, and oh god, a little knife under the door. Yeah, just like the stabbing her under the door. Well, Fucking brilliant. Yeah, so she found the spear under the couch, mm-hmm. um, and then she heard like a clink, clink, clink in the kitchen. She went in, and that's when she yeah, found this, that this one of the knives is, was missing. This doll is doing an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that spear, um, bullshit. I got something. <laughs> I got. <laughs> Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in that sharp bag, sharp spear, it's knives. Ginsu knife. Yeah. <laughs> a bag of knives. And- yeah. 
she alternates between being this like damsel in distress freaking out and trying to come up with some stuff to try to deal with this thing at one point she goes into the bathroom uh she catches it in a towel and tries to da- to uh to drown it, it. um and so the dog oh go ahead and no just that he comes up out of the water with a yeah. knife in his mouth iconic iconic imagery from this is that well, yeah, I mean, coming out of the w- one of the, the things bat. that I enjoyed uh, about watching this episode was seeing all the things that the Simpsons used in Clown Without Pity. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. I loved how simple it is and believable mm-hmm. it is, but there were yeah. a few things that I was like, what? Like, she tries to leave her own apartment and can't and do it. Can't do it. So, so I was trying to figure that out. So, had the doll like done something to the lock? Was that the? Well, I'd like to know. I'd like to know how the doll got up there. I mean, well, that's... the doll kept getting up on the handle of uh, well, of of all the door handles to get into stuff. So, I mean, well, the, that's the thing. That is, I think he's a warrior, weakest, guys. That is the weakest part of this is that she doesn't go to the door and have the experience of it being locked, or at least from what I saw. She goes to the door with a knife to do the lock. Yeah. And we yeah. Never, it's like, why does she think that that? Yep. We've never established that there was a problem with the with the door and the lock. Oh, right. I mean, it's a quibble, but I'm like, we're in panic mode here. And, and that happens when she puts it into the the other part. I was like, this is your apartment, right? Because it's almost like every room she goes into. It's like her first time being yes. in that room. Yep. It, well, like, so this was a this was a sublet. They they established that. Oh, that's true. Uh, early early on in the episode, in the conversation with her mom, where she says, "Mother, I told you it's a sublet. I'll be out in a few months when they come back." So I think that she possibly okay. was recently in, but I mean, how hard does it? You know, how long it's does like it take you to figure out how to operate place. a lock? She gets him in a towel. Then later, she gets him in a she catches him in a suitcase. Suitcase. And she, while she's trying to get out, he is in the suitcase, like jamming the knife up through the top, like cutting a hole, basically. Sawing himself out. Sawing yeah. himself out. And she keeps trying to grab the knife to With get her it. Fingers. Just keeps the cutting the dumbest it. thing I've ever seen. It's the I, dumbest, yeah. and it's so great. Because it is like, I don't know what else to do, so I guess I'm going to try to grab a knife that's in movement. I mean, you don't. You don't have like a pair of tongs or something in the she, in the cabinet. She's doing her goddamn best. Uh, Fair she point. Eventually, is able to stab it a bazillion times while it's in the suitcase. But then she opens the suitcase. Girl, no. Girl, no. Yeah. Girl, Girl no. No. You get yourself a gold chain and you just wrap it around the suitcase. You know what you earn when you open the suitcase? You earn a jazz freakout. <laughs> because the music kicks up into high gear and we are just mm-hmm. scatting and bebopping around this apartment <laughs> while this uh this little dude just goes after her <laughs> and it's great he gets his little arm caught in the door his little arm well and i think that like he kind of uh, like makes a dog like the noise like if a dog gets its ear caught in the door or whatever it's like, yeah but yeah. uh he drops the knife yes so she kicks the knife away and like makes a triumphant little little laugh and then somehow it still is able to burst through the when room. This thing bursts through that door. Yeah. When she when it doesn't have the knife, I've never seen anything move that quick. 
Yeah. This doll can yeah. go zero to a hundred real quick. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just he then he's just using those little razor teeth, which are so yeah pretty. to to yeah to bite into her neck, and she's you know flailing around and and whatnot. Uh, she is finally able to get it off of her neck, and she throws it in the oven, which is now currently uh, on. Closes it, and this was, I think, the first really smart thing she did. She put her back to the oven, and then her foot up on the counter. So that it wasn't going to be able to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we hear it pounding and, and yelling and yelping and all that. Uh, and then we can see smoke coming out from the top. And you can see he's on fire. He's yep. he's being yeah. destroyed. Yeah. And then eventually he, uh, you know, kind of just is reduced to uh, to ashes. And as if she had not learned from the previous five minutes matt you're a vegetarian you don't understand she still wanted the steak <laughs> gotta have that steak you gotta Fair have point. that steak bro yeah and i think so oh, so she opens the oven and <laughs> she stares into these flames and she screams mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. though she's being possessed by a spirit and that's an act that break. is an act break uh we'll be back with more transmission from the dark side after this yeah, the authentic Freddy Freaker experiences. I figured how to put it on an NTSC TV. It's the freak phone. And here's the party freak. Freddy Freaker. Dancing new sensation. Grabbing the nation. Doing the freak. Call now. 1-900-490-FREAK. Join the party. The fast and easy way. To hear what's scamming from New York to L.A. Call now. 1-900-490-FREAK. What's happening? What's jamming? Party to your drop. Dialing here the action. What's hot and what's not? Call now. One nine hundred four nine oh freak. Two dollars a call. <laughs> His mouth is an abyss at the end. It is it, an event. Yeah, it... Oh my god, Freddy Freaker. Freddy Freaker is I so wanna know what happened when you called the freak phone. Oh. I so Want Truly, a recording of that or something? Again, if you, I'm gonna put it on my Twitter right now. If you what ever called gift. Freak Phone and talked to Freddie Freaker, you gotta let me know what that experience yeah. was about. Yeah. To see what's scamming, scamming from, from New York, York to, to LA. LA. Call now. There's a lot of space between New York and LA. Uh, let me let me tell you this for free. There's so much scamming going on between New York and L.A. <laughs> uh, it is harder to find two points in this country that are further away from each other without involving Hawaii or Alaska. You said it, Matt. <laughs> in the continental United States. Yeah. There's going to be some scamming. I mean, what's jamming? What's happening? How much how much jamming has happened in between New York and LA? I, you know what? I'd love to have someone tell me. I'd love this to call why a we number. Need a Freddy Freaker. Freddy Freaker. That puppet, not as good as this fetish doll. I'm gonna tell you right now. Really? No. Uh yeah, it's it's well Well, Freddy Freaker's arms. Are are his uh, Achilles heel? Yeah, I guess he doesn't move like the fetish doll moves. No. That's fair. That's fair. Because when it's grabbing on to Karen Black for dear life, I believe it's grabbing on to Karen Black. 
Whereas yeah. when Freddy Freaker is just bobbing back and forth, <laughs> <laughs> causing his yeah, rubber like arms. the 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 puppet master for that doll, like I'm imagining, uh, I don't know, like had training in that. Whereas mm-hmm. the guy that was holding Freddy Freaker, uh, all he had to do was move just his hand to shake back it. and forth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't shake it. It's more of a jiggle. Just jiggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the puppet it? master, you mean a string? <laughs> Matt Rose, when are you going to do improv with us? you got to start doing improv. You're so tall. You'd be great. <laughs> <sighs> I, Beautiful. I never considered myself tall, but my wife tells me I'm tall. So. All right. Well, I'm, I'll agree I'm, with you. You're the as tall of my eyes. All right. Yeah. Okay, and, great. Thank and you, we're <laughs> back. Let's land this plane. Third mm-hmm. act is all about it's one like scene. 25 seconds. It's all about one scene. Uh, Karen Black calls her mom. She's like, hey, mom. Oh, I'm fine now. Everything's cool. Why don't you But she's got over? her back to the camera. And oh, so you yeah. know when she's got her back to the camera, some shit's going to go down. Why don't you just come over? Yeah. Then she turns around. And it is a cut, but it's still, like, effective. She turns around, and she has a knife in her hand. And she's got fucking crazy eyes. And her, well, yeah, I was going to say she's got caveman, like, mm-hmm. caveman eyebrow. But yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, there's some eyebrow. She gets into a full squat. She is in yeah. full Buddha squat. Yeah. And, and she, she starts pounding that knife floor. into the ground. Yeah. And then slowly, like... You, so slowly, perfectly. Perfectly. Then finally, she smiles enough that you can see the fangs. Oh, yeah. It's the the needle sharp teeth. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Let's go to the writer's room. Man, I ain't touching this one. T- don't touch a fucking thing. I'm, I'm not touching Richard Matheson. No way, man. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Jen, oh, it's so good. Jen, I mean, I want to just get a scale. I feel like we just got to put it to bed. Yeah. Uh, 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 a, a scale of uh, one to ten tiny little butcher knives under a door. It's a ten out of ten. Oh, it's a ten, baby. Yeah, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with the ten. Yeah, it, you it are, really man. is. It, it, um, now, obviously, I would consider this the must watch of Trilogy of Terror. I think that's why when you think horror anthology movie, that's the one. This is one that comes to mind, like top of list. Because this and is I think so if it strong. wasn't, yeah, if it wasn't for this one, the other two are are fine, right? Because that, but they're not memorable was, at all. That was the next scale no, that no, I was no. going to ask you about. What's the scale for the movie? Eight. How many Karen Blacks would you give it? I guess I'd give it eight Karen Blacks. Yeah, I, I kind of am between seven and a half and eight Karen Blacks. Seven. I'd give it okay, seven. That's fair. Yeah, because I'm just like, the first two vignettes are not incredibly strong, but this one is so strong, it overshadows. Yeah. It pulls It pulls everything up. Yeah. Yep. It, yep. it is the yeah. rising tide that raises all boats. Lifts all boats. Right. Yeah. Um, I can see so much... In monsters and, and tales from this, like the threads are there, mm-hmm. the connections are there. You know, it, I really enjoyed seeing this again. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed seeing the first scene, Julie and uh, Millicent and Therese, or Therese, um, uh-huh. because, because I think they are forgotten. Yeah. And rewatching them, they actually were a little better than I remembered. They're not. They're not horrible. They're, they're not, not great. great. They're not terrible. So the, the I think that the first one um, takes on a much different, uh, a much different type of scary mm. uh, when you're an adult versus when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd agree with that. The second one seemed to be more of a rip from the headlines scary yeah yeah like multiple person it's more of like oh people could be crazy and we don't know anything about it right you know yeah. like i mean we have that today <laughs> so. it's yeah. all the moon so but then you get the third one which is like just pure beautiful beautiful horror it's yeah it's it's how it should be done yeah um yeah um it's on amazon prime so you can wa- you can stream it tonight if you wanted to. Uh, any final thoughts about Trilogy of Terror? Super fun. Really glad to revisit it. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd recommend. What do you think we're going to yeah. do next? I didn't know if we'd do cats. Have we talked about doing um, uh, Twilight's on the movie? Are we like not doing Twilight Zone the movie because of the um, the Landis controversy and the death? And I would prefer, still... I, yeah. I mean, I I think that the movie is very strong, but I after watching cursed films and seeing what an absolute asshole John Landis is, mm-hmm. I okay. Fine like, I think yeah. I think I think his segment is one of the stronger ones too. It's just you know a bunch of people died because he's a reckless asshole. Yeah. No, I would be down for Cat's Eye. Okay, cool. Cat's Eye. Uh, what do we know? What streaming service it's on? Because I know that during Halloween, it was it was on a bunch of them, but I don't I don't know. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. Let me look and see if I can find where it's streaming. Cat's Eye. Catsup. Well, it's rentable for three dollars. Okay. So worst case scenario. Uh, I would love if our listeners had any um, had any films that they wanted us to watch, oh. any anthology films. Uh, it's on HBO yeah, Max, guys. Oh, oh great. sweet. Well, then uh, we'll sure is. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, but shoot that over to us on uh, Facebook. It's uh, mostly, it's, it's where we are most active. I would love to hear uh, what kind of uh, movies you would like us to watch next. And maybe we'll mm-hmm. do it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Um, am I forgetting anything? Ah, try to enjoy uh, the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Try to enjoy the daylight. Bye. Bye. Right. Transmissions from the Dark Side is hosted and recorded by Jen Hansen, Matt Rose, and Matt Noss. Edited by Matt Noss. Hosted by Gabber Media. Our theme music was composed and performed by Slasher Dave. You can find him on Bellyache Records. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at T from the dark side and on Twitter at TFTBS pod. Email us at T from the dark side at gmail.com. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. <laughs>